Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us as we go into the Word of God again this week and study it and just learn more about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you two ways to reach us. First by mail at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Or you can email us at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. Again, at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. And this week, we're going to start a, a, a new teaching. We're going to talk about, about uh, milestones or landmarks. And, and what I mean by that is, and we know that a, a landmark is in the Old Testament. It talked about how that when, uh, I believe it's in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, I can say that, Deuteronomy 19, and it talks about how that it marked the inheritance of the people of God. And I'm going to read this again. It's in the uh, Old Testament in Deuteronomy 19.14, and it says, Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land of the Lord thy, in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. And when we talk about a landmark, usually it was stones or it was a a, a place that they would come to. And in this instance, it's talking about it's going to mark out the territory. It's going to mark out what God had a portion to them. And each of the tribes were given a portion of Canaan. And within that uh, uh, tribe, families and uh, uh, kinsmen were divided the land. And as they got down to, then eventually got down to families and uh, to the sons and even the daughters that had a place within the land of Canaan. And what we're talking about today is about the landmarks that are in our lives. And we're going to start out in the book of First uh, Timothy, second sorry, Second Timothy uh, one, and we're going to read about how that Paul began to talk to his son, his uh, his son, his spiritual son Timothy. And Timothy was, I'll just give you just a little bit of background. Timothy was a young pastor that was over a multitude of people. He was in. Um, uh, the church. He was a, not only a pastor, but he was a, a pastor of pastors. And what Paul began to talk to him about is, as you study First Timothy and Second Timothy, begin to remind him of who he was. And what I'd like to concentrate on today is not only uh, physical landmarks, a physical uh, mile markers. You could. That's something that uh, we're all used to. That when you're traveling down the highway and you see a mile marker, it tells you how far it is to the next exit or how far it is to your, your turn off or to your city or wherever you're going. Mile markers are used to let us know where we are. Whereas landmarks are used to tell us, okay, this is what has been given to you. And so we're going to talk about this. these landmarks are in the life of, uh, of Timothy and that Paul is going to call out. So first we read about in Deuteronomy 19.14 about the landmarks that God had placed in the kingdom for, so that Israel would, would know. And again, the owner of it would notice that this is my position. This is what my father has given me. And I think that goes along not only with, uh, as I said earlier, about physical, but I think that goes even to the mental where many of our, uh, our, our young people don't even know who they are. They don't know that they are, they are. They came with a design. I believe it was over in the book of Jeremiah where the Lord told Jeremiah, he said, I knew you before you entered your mother's womb. That's in Jeremiah 5. And what he was letting him know is, I have a design for you. I have placed you on this planet with a purpose, with a design. And as we told you before in, uh, in Psalms, around Psalms 138, 139, it talks about how that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
But in our day, we have gender confusion and uh, gender uh, identity where people are not only saying, you know, men are saying they're women, women are saying they're men. There are some that say, look, I don't know who I am. There, I have multiple personalities. I have multiple identities because they don't know the God-given call that he placed upon all of us. None of us are a mistake. I don't care if your parents planned for you or not because Satan cannot create a soul. He cannot create a, a person. God sends us. And though you may have come up in not the perfect situation, which none of us did, you might go, some many wonders and say, why, what, Lord, why did you do this to me? Or why did you do that to me? But God has a, I'm not saying that God did it, but I'm saying to you that God is able to keep you. When, he's, when many of us, when we look back at our lives and we saw what we've come through, we came through because when God, when we, we became Christians, and even before we did, we heard God. We, we, we didn't go to that party. We didn't go. We didn't get in that car. We didn't drink. We didn't take that drink. We didn't, uh, uh, we didn't shoot that gun. We didn't, we didn't uh, join that fight. And because we didn't, we know our, our flesh wanted us to. But because we could just listen to the inner voice and no, don't do that. Let's go home. Let's, 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 not, let's not make that choice. And some of us listen. Other of us just didn't. But we all had times where we heard, the, we heard the Spirit tell us, don't do that. And some people would even say that, you know what? God doesn't hear a sinner's prayer. But Jesus didn't say that. God didn't say he didn't hear a sinner's prayer. Because if he didn't, if God did not hear a sinner's prayer, none of us would be here. But I often say the greatest prayer that you can pray is, Jesus, help me. Help me, Lord. So as we talk about today and go into this, uh, uh, this, this, this lesson talking about our landmarks or mile markers, I want you to just put yourself into these places as we talk about Timothy and Abraham and even a little bit about David, how that God is able to lead us. But not only that, when he leads us through something, when he leads us to something, he's, he's doing it on purpose. And even when there's evil things happen, it's not God that brought the evil. The scripture said God tempts no man. But he has a way of using those things. And as, uh, as, as, as Joseph said, he, he said that you meant it for evil. But God turned it out for my good. God meant it for my good. You meant it for evil. But God caused me to triumph in it and over it. And so let's go now to the book of Timothy. Second Timothy. We're going to start reading about around the... Uh, let's start at Second Timothy uh, 1, first verse. And, and verse number four, this is Paul talking to Timothy and about, again, keep it in your mind, our subject today is landmarks or milestone or mile markers. First Timothy, one, second Timothy one and four, Paul begins to say, greatly desiring to see thee being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. For when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that's in you. Now, here Paul is talking to a young, this, this young pastor. He's talking to him. He's encouraging him. He said, I remember. And see, there are things that we need to recall about what God has done for us, how he brought us out, how we overcame uh, sicknesses or disease, how we, you know, the Lord brought us out. You know, we, when we, we started out in, 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 in life, when we didn't have that much. I can remember that when I came to Georgia, I had, a, I had $125. I thought I had some money. I did have some money, but I soon learned that $125 in Atlanta is not very much. And, and within two weeks' time, my money was gone. 
But by the grace of God, I just picked up jobs here and there that so I was able, I was able to survive. But what I'm trying to tell you is that I remember those days. I remember that God in, in helped me to, 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 to get, have enough money to, and I got from a place of just having enough, having enough food, having enough gas money, having enough uh, 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 things to, to provide for me. A place that I laid in, I slept on the floor for the first six months I stayed over here. I slept on the floor. But God made a way. Then I moved a little little uh, compartment in the, uh, and at a, under the at a, at a garage. And God just kept making a way. And he, he, I grew from just enough to more than enough. Because I remembered what he brought me from. I remember even now that when that time when I was there in laying in that laying in the, in, in the bed and saying, you know, I could have went back home. I could have moved, went home and then moved on to other places uh, and, and did this, uh, had, had other decisions to make. But I knew within myself, this is where the Lord had called me to be. It was not easy. It was not uh, 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 something that I look back on. I said, man, how did I get through that? Because of the mercy and the grace of God. It wasn't because I was so smart. It wasn't because that, you know, I found the uh, answer to all things. It's because I trusted God. I trusted him. Sometimes I move too slow. Sometimes I move too fast. But in all of this, the grace and mercy of God was with me. But he gave me some uh, uh, mile markers, some, some, some landmarks that when I saw him move, when I saw him get me my first job, when I had interviewed for hours for a job and I came to this particular job and I thought it was going to be like the rest of them. It, my interview lasted five minutes. And this thing I know I've been hired. Whereas I, I'd have been interviewed for an hour or two. I'd met this person and that person, you know, and, and, and then when I left and I felt confident about it and it didn't work out because that wasn't for me. But God made a way. So now we're going to continue. Just go back into the story and talking about Timothy and seeing what Paul is saying. He said, when I call to your remembrance, and that's what I want you to do today, is think about the times that would, how God has delivered you. When it looked like it was over for you, when it looked like you had failed, when it looked like you wouldn't get the job, when it looked like you were going to be put out. And some of us, we, you were put out, but yet God made a way. He said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you. Now, uh, uh, unfeigned is an is a, uh, old English word. It means, it means unfailing. It means not fake. That's what unfeigned means. It means not counterfeit. So there are a lot of counterfeit people who are, are, are spouting uh, counterfeit faith. And what I mean by that is they have unproven faith. See, that's what counterfeit faith is, uh, that, that, that are movable faith. See, we have to be steadfast, as Scripture says, unmovable, always abounding in the Word of God, in the love of God. And when we are unmovable, when we, we, when we have that unfeigned, that unturnable faith, that where we said, for Lord, I'm here. I'm here because I trust you. And the faith of the believer is not the faith that I have. It's the faith that, as I've said many times, we have the faith of the Son of God. Uh, in, in the book of Galatians uh, 2.20, it says that I live, that's what Paul was saying, I live by the faith of the Son of God. 
Jesus' faith has never failed, will not fail. It was, it's always now. The scripture says in, in, uh, in the book of Hebrews 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And see, when you have unfeigned faith, you have trustworthy, you can trustworthy faith. Not my faith, but the faith that God has given me by my Savior. And so it goes on to say, unfeigned faith means not counterfeit, but, but faith that's real or sincere. So finishing that verse, he says, I call to remember your unfeigned, unfeigned faith that is in you. He said, you have it. Then he goes on to say, which dwells first in your grandmother, Lois. Now he's establishing landmarks. He's saying, Timothy, don't you recall or do you recall the faith that was in your grandmother, Lois? You see how she stood. You see and you recall how that she stood with me. She stood in the gospel. She stood trusting God and God answered her faith. That's unfeigned faith, a faith that has a history, a faith that you can look back on and say, yes, I remember when God delivered me. I remember when he delivered me from this. I remember when I trusted him and he answered me. God is faithful. Numbers 19.23 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Has he spoken? Shall he not make it good? This was the faith that Lois had. And then he goes on to say, he says, even and thy mother Eunice. So he's saying there is a history behind you, Timothy. You have the landmark of your uh, grandmother. You have the landmark of your mother Eunice. And now that same faith is in you. And he says, I am persuaded. Why is Paul persuaded? Because he's seen evidence of it in Timothy. And I say that to you too, believer. There is evidence. If you're willing to listen to this man speak about faith on, on, this, uh, on this podcast, and you've heard many of my podcasts that we created over these last uh, two, heading on now toward three years, you've heard me speak about how, how faithful and how good God is, about the grace of God. We're all saved by grace. We're all saved by the goodness of God. It's not about your works. It's not about what you, how you found the Lord. No, Jesus said, I, I chose you. He chose me. He chose you. Because if you chose him, then somehow or another, we, we say, you know, people say, well, I found the Lord. Jesus has never been lost. No, he found you. And this is what Paul is saying to uh, Timothy. He says, there's a history. There are landmarks that you can reference. Remember, remember what God has done for you. And then he says in the next verse, uh, uh, first chapter six, he says, wherefore I put you in remembrance. See, there are memories that things that we need to recall. You need to recall these things. And, and, and I, you know, many times memories are painful. Some memories can be painful because we fail here. See, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to always point out our failures and how we came up short. And at times I've, I've heard him say a few times, he said, you know what? You missed that. If you didn't get that, you didn't accomplish that. And you know what? You ain't all that. And you know what I say? I'm not. In my flesh, I am nothing. In my flesh, I am worthless. Because 
There's, there is no good thing, as Apostle Paul said, in my flesh. What, what is he saying? Because in my flesh, I'm all about me. But because Christ is in me now, he's given me a new focus. He's given me a new goal. A goal that says, I want him to live in me and through me. Saying as, as, uh, as, as the book of Romans says in chapter 8, that I am filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's in me. I don't have a spirit. I have Christ in me. And this is what Paul is now is telling his, his son, uh, Timothy. You have an unshakable faith because you have the faith of the Son of God. Then he goes on to say in verse number seven, let me finish up six. He says, wherefore I put thee remember that I'll stir up the gift of God which, and which is in thee by the putting on of my hand. That Paul is saying, that should have been a, that should have been a day. That should have been a landmark day. You should remember that day when I, there was a transference of the, of the anointing. There was a transforming. That's why the Bible says, lay hands suddenly on no man. Because as a, past, as a, as a minister, as a pastor, as a, uh, as, a, as a minister of the gospel, whenever, whatever, and whomever, if ever, and this is what Paul was doing for Timothy, when he laid hands on him, he was commissioning him to be that pastor, to be that uh, uh, bishop, that apostle, that he called him to be. And see, whatever good works that Timothy did, Paul is saying, you know what? I have a part in that. But when we anoint and send those who are not qualified, who are not ready, when you send them, you too are responsible. So Paul knows that I'm responsible for you, Timothy. And I did this by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And you should remember when I laid hands on you. And then he goes on to say, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So what is Paul saying? Paul is saying, when I laid hands on you, I want you to remember. I did not transfer fear. I did not transfer uh, 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 timidity. I transferred to you through the spirit, the power of God. As Proverbs 28 and 1 says, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Yes, you may feel some, all of us have felt one time or another that, you know what, am I qualified for this? Am I ready for this? If God brings you to it, he is able to take you through it. So let's read some of this. Let's get some examples today. Let's go over to the, uh, to the book of Genesis. And one of my, of course, one of my favorite characters is uh, in the scriptures is Abraham. We're just going to read a little bit today about how that there were landmarks that Abraham established. And he is an example for us that as God, when, when God showed him his mighty power and his anointing. Because if you read the first three verses of uh, the 12th chapter, you'll see how God called him out. But it wasn't long before God began to show him who he was. So let's go down now. Let's go down to um, Genesis 12th chapter and 6th verse. And it says that Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, unto the place of Moriah, unto the plain of Moriah. And the Canaanite was then in the land. Now, this is the time when uh, God has showed him that this would be his land in the future. And so he told Abraham, he said, wherever your feet trod, whatever your feet touch, it's going to be yours. So Abraham, out of obedience, began to walk it. In the seventh verse, it says, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham. 
Now, isn't it something that when, when Abraham began to walk into obedience, he wasn't full of obedience, but he began to walk in faith. And see, that's how we establish landmarks when we see, oh, I'm, it, it, you, you recognize, okay, I trusted God, and now God begins to show him, yes, you are doing what I told you. No, you may not be doing it perfectly. You may not have done everything, but you're on the way. And you've given your heart wholly to it. You may not be doing it perfect, but God will, he can work those rough places out. He can smooth those work, those, those rough places and get you into that position and, and, and mature you. So that after a while, you are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are complete and you are mature. And you arrive at a place that you are usable. All right? So let's go on. And what I mean by usable is that you are humble. For none of us are, are in, our, in our own selves are usable. But what God does, as the scripture says, he puts his, this gift into earthen vessels, meaning all of us are temporary. None of us, have, if, if the Lord delays his coming, none of us are going to be here a hundred years from now. All of us will be gone. And there'll be a new set of believers. No, the, the gospel the word of God, the move of God, at times may seem as though God is not moved, but he is. Even now, there's a great revival going on. And many are asleep because they're, they're looking for the superstar preacher. They're looking for things. And the Lord is saving. People are realizing that they need Jesus. Those who deny him, those who refuse him, are going to keep going on as though, though nothing is happening. But God is moving. And the heart of men are changing. Let's continue on as, as I want to talk about this thing, this, this place that God has done for Abraham here. And uh, let's go down to um, sixth verse. And the Lord passed through the land to the place of Shechem and the place of Moriah. And the Canaanite was in that land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, unto your seed, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who appeared unto him. Now, Abraham, this altar was a landmark. It was a place that Abraham said, something significant has happened. God has said something I need to remember. And he built that altar. And it was a place that where he worshiped. See, Abraham worshiped there at this landmark because he heard God. And see, again, when we hear things, when we hear things significant, and God begins them. When you have dreams, or God will give you an open vision, or you will hear a word uh, that would that would just spark your heart, and you know the thought didn't come from you. When the Lord called me back in uh, way back in the in the eighties, in the seven, late seventies, eighties, I know He called me because I knew in my heart I had no desire to be a minister. I was happy just helping cut the grass and and help dust the church. I was so happy. Just, to, just to, 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 to be a servant as I am today. I'm that same servant. I may do more things or different things, but I know it's he the one that called me. He's the one that will promote me. He's the one that will put me out front or, 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 or whatever he desires to do for me. But in my heart, I, my desire is to be, to put myself in a place where I will give him glory for no matter what he does, that he receives the glory. He receives the honor. He receives. And so as we see here, Abraham says, the Lord, God, God has blessed me. 
and he began to worship God from this altar about the things that he had done. And to show you, this was not an isolated event. Let's go now to uh, the 13th chapter of uh, the book of Genesis. This is Genesis 13. Let me go, go back, go down to just into the beginning of the chapter. And we're going to read around, around the, uh, let's read verses one, one, through, uh, 1 through 4. And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. Abraham was very rich. Now, Abraham had some things when he came out of Haran, and he left his father there. He left his family, and he began to follow God. And his following, God showed him, even when he wasn't doing, even when he wasn't doing everything right. Remember, he's come out of Egypt, and he's, and he's blessed. The Bible says he's very rich. But in Egypt, Abraham denied that Sarah was his wife. He sort of stole a half lie. He deceived a Pharaoh and told him, that, that's, that's my sister. But God spoke to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh blessed him out the door. He said, isn't that something? He blessed him out of the door. He blessed him so that you can go, but I'm going to bless you, because I do not want the hand of God upon me. And he says that he went up out this three, uh, verse number three. He went on his journey from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Abraham went back to the place that God had spoken to him. And between Bethel and Hai, verse number four, unto the place of the altar. This was the landmark. He remembered what God had spoken to him. And now he looks and sees what God had done. And he wants to again worship. And he says, which he had made there at the first. And Abraham called on the name of the Lord. He began to speak to God. And I can just imagine him worshiping and thanking God for realizing he didn't work for it. See, that's what grace is. The Bible said we are saved by grace through faith. The blessing, the blessing that we see in the book of Genesis is Jesus. Jesus is the blessing. Just like Jesus is grace. Jesus is upon Abraham. That's why everything he touches, everywhere his feet go, when the enemy attacks, Abraham uh, uh, destroys them. He slaughters them. Because it was Jesus on him. And so as we see here, he says that Abraham now recognizes this. And I go back and read that second verse. He said, Abraham was very rich in cattle, silver, and gold. He was loaded. We say today he was filthy rich. He, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was a wash in money. In prosperity, I should say. In silver and gold. That was their currency. Silver and gold. He was, he was, he had it because God was on him. The blessing was on him. Jesus was on him. And Abraham recognized it and said, in this place, I'm going to give God glory for what he has done for me. And see, as we read this and as we recognize these things, when we, when we see God moving, that's what the Lord expects of us. He expects all of us to be worshipers, to be people of worship, people that, that, that remembers how he brought us out, what he brought us through, how he brought us over. And when we do this, we give God glory and God is pleased. He, he, the Bible says he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. He takes pleasure. It's in the book of Proverbs. I read around, the, uh, I think it's in the 34th verse. Uh, yeah, 34th chapter, rather, of Proverbs. God takes pleasure 
to see you blessed. Because as a believer, you're going to tell anybody that see you blessed and say, oh, this is by the grace of God. Only by God's grace am I here. Only by God's grace. This didn't come through my uh, intelligence or my, my, uh, 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 all, of, all of my wisdom. It came because the blessing of the Lord is upon me. And the blessing of the Lord is Jesus Christ. So let's read one more scripture today. Let's go to the book of Samuel. Now I want to talk a little bit now about David. As we end this teaching today, think about the things that God had at, at the day that you met a giant. And there was a giant. It could have been uh, uh, cancer. It could have been layoff. It could have been divorce. It could have been death. Could have been death of a loved one, death of a spouse, death of a child. And Satan thought he was going to take you out. I can remember when my father died suddenly. It hit me like, you know how people, we give that, uh, it hit me like a, uh, like somebody had punched me in the gut. My dad was a strong man. He was, he was working full time. He was 80 years, uh, 79, almost 80 years old. He was a, he was he was, you were, I used to think of him as, as the rock. He never missed a day of work. In almost 58 ye years at working in the same place, he did not, I, there were, I would imagine he didn't miss five days in 58 years. Besides vacation, I can't imagine, unless he had to, for, and I'm talking about for sickness, I don't imagine there were five days that he missed in 58 years. But see, God is faithful. He doesn't care how long you're on this planet. He said, goodness and mercy. That's what the psalmist says. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because David established altars. David established altars. But his altars was within himself. He was an altar of a praise and worship to God. Where Abraham built the stone altars. And they didn't have the tabernacle in that day. But in David's day, they had the tabernacle. It was a tent. It was a tent that God dwelled in, dwelled in. But in David's day, he was the the Bible said he was the he was the skillful psalmist. When he played, the spirit was with him. The spirit was on him. He played the devil off of Saul because he worshipped and he remembered who he was. And see, when you have landmarks, you recognize that God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Let's go now to 1 Samuel 17, uh, verse number 34. And it's time when Goliath was threatening Israel. And everybody, even the king, who should have been leading the fight, had withdrew. Everybody backed up when Goliath came out and did all his threatenings. Well, let's read in 1734 what, what uh, David said. David said to Saul, he said, your servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion. And a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after him. I killed him. That's what he mean by smoke. He said, I killed him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by the beard and I killed him and slew him. He says, your servant. I see, that's the humility that David came with. He was so humble. He, he recognized that God did this through me. Because a man cannot kill a lion, even a young lion. You don't kill a lion with a, with a staff or by hand, by, with your bare hands. 
And he says, they slew, he said, thy servant killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing why he defied the armies of the living God. And he went on to say, and David said, moreover, the Lord had delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear. He will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. So what is David saying? I have history with God because I remember at the time of war, in the time of battle, when the bear came against me, and you know the scripture says, Satan is like or as a roaring lion. He's got a big mouth. See, he wants you, he wants us to convey our power to him when we run in fear. See, when we allow fear to take over our hearts, then we empower him. And because fear is negative faith. And if you, if you refuse to take the negative faith, but you stay with your unfeigned true faith, sincere faith, real faith, that's when the Bible says, resist the devil. And you say, no, I reject your attack. I reject this disease. I command you in the name of Jesus. Get out of my body. Get off my child. Get out of my house. Get off my job. Loose my blessing in the name of Jesus. See, that's what the uh, uh, landmarks will do. Because you remember, the last time I stood up to you, God beat you. Jesus already fought the battle for me. See, we don't have to fight the battle. The scripture says, stand there for. When you've done all to stand, stand there for. Having your loins girded about with truth. It's the word that will stand against the enemy. Because there's history behind the word. Jesus said, my word are spirit and they are life. I hope you got something out of word today. Father, we just thank you for this word. We pray, Lord, that those that have heard us today, we pray that they will establish those and remember those landmarks, those milestones that God has provided for them. How he fed us, how you protected us, how you healed us, how you delivered us, how you blessed us, and you brought us to this point. Help us to remember that you are the God that never fails. You are the faithful God, and you are faithful to us. We pray these things, Lord, in your precious name. And we pray for any who desires to be saved today. I pray to whether you're, again, whether you're in the darkest, deepest pit in the jail, whether you're in your sick room, or whether you're in the hospital, wherever you find yourself, you could be homeless today. You could be living in your car, or wherever you are. Know that Jesus loves you. He is just one prayer away. Lord, I pray. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I believe that you came, you lived, and you died for me. You shed your blood for me. Today, I confess my sins unto you. And I know, Lord God, that you died for me. And your blood has covered me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. And I pray that you receive me now as your son. And I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And I am now a part of the family of God. If you prayed that prayer today, write us today. Tell us about at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia. Or you can 
email us at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Until we meet again, be blessed and meet us here again on Journeys in Grace. Amen.